Namaste and welcome to the 7th podcast episode of the year 2022. On behalf of the whole SAP family, I would like to thank you for tuning in. This is our July episode number 85 of SAP Integration and Extension Talk. Dear listeners, it's rainy season here and with the monsoon in its full swing, clouds have started to take different shapes and color. Rain has brought new life to flora and fauna. <laughs> While I learn to dance in the rain and await the rainbow, let's quickly hear what we have in today's episode. We have three main sections. First, we will talk about some great new additions made to our SAP business technology platform business services and how they can take enterprises a step closer to become intelligent and sustainable second a deep dive conversation with experts from btp marketing and solution organization who will talk about how btp enables business applications to communicate through asynchronous events and extend the digital core followed by another expert from the btp foundation team who will introduce us to a very interesting topic of sap private link service so stay tuned to listen to them and finally some roadmap items of our btp services so let's quickly hear what are those new additions and enhancements that were made to sap business technology platform business services on sap analytics cloud side with the recent release there are significant new features of which some of the highlights are you can now create and view stories with the full optimized story experience the optimized design experience provides a better design experience that includes several usability improvements an optimized view mode now supports viewing analytic applications as well as stories that use planning models with this new feature in sap process automation you can add mail notifications to your business process via the process builder allowing you to send pre-configured emails to recipients during a live process from sap business application studio side of the house there are many new features but from highlights point of view you can now create snapshots based on a specific query in a calculation view you can now also map session variables to input parameters up to now it was only possible to map parameters and variables to input parameters these were some of the enhancements made to the business services on sap btp to know more about these features and other business services please refer the links in the show notes you can also give us a shout out on our social media channels with your questions and requests or you can drop us an email at platformtalks@sap.com moving to the next segment of the episode where we invite experts to talk about a specific service from btp this time we have craig stasela as the senior director of solution marketing for sap integration suite welcome craig to our seventh podcast episode of the year 2022 thanks it's great to be here nice uh, craig before we start and talk about you know 
how SAP BTP enables business applications to communicate through asynchronous events. Can you please tell our listeners a bit about yourself? Sure. My name is Craig Stasola. I'm based in Indianapolis, Indiana in the States. I have been in the SAP ecosystem for about 24 years. Almost all of that time has been integrating different applications uh, with each other or with SAP applications. I joined SAP itself in 2015 and have been part of the solution management organization since 2020. That's wonderful, Craig. And listeners, in today's dialogue, we will hear how SAP BTP provides a cloud-based messaging service for the development of decoupled and resilient applications. We will also learn about how intelligent enterprises use SAP Event Mesh to trigger process integration with one or more related applications. Before we start, as the ritual demands, Greg, we play a small game with our guests, a fun guessing game, you know. So are you ready to play? Sure. Great. So the game is I'll be reading an abstract, obviously tech related, and you must guess from where it is, like a movie, a novel, or a famous quote. Okay. You can always ask for hints. Yeah. Great. So I'll be reading a plot and here it goes. A solitary character on a future deserted earth in 29th century left to clean up garbage. However, he is visited by a probe sent by the starship with whom the character falls in love and pursues across the galaxy. What is it? I think it might be Wall-E. Ah, bingo, Craig. That's spot on. <laughs> <laughs> that's wonderful. And it's like one of my favorites and also an Oscar winner. It's a very good movie and my children love it. Awesome. Great. That was quick, I must say. <laughs> Great. Uh, so now we resume back to the topic on how enterprises can enable their business applications to communicate through asynchronous events and extend their digital core. And uh, straight on the money, Craig, what is an event mesh? What is an event mesh? Well, before we start talking about an event mesh, I, I kind of want to take a step back and talk about what an event is, right? So an event is going to be a change to uh, some logical data object. So this logical data object may be a piece of master data, like a business partner or a material. Or it could be something like a, an order or a delivery. And any time that, you know, a, a things in the real world or even things in, inside of the IT application itself change that business object, that would be an event. So as uh, those events occur, what we need to do is be able to sense and respond to those events. So what an event mesh is, is going to be a set of listeners that can sense and respond to those events or be notified of those events and then communicate with each other 
to send the correct event information to the, the correct downstream system. So that what we can do is decouple the, the IT applications from the delivery mechanism uh, of, of that data. Wonderful. Uh, so like, as you mentioned about eventing across the channels, uh, I'm sure there will be some concepts of, you know, event-driven architecture also involved in this whole scenario. So can you please briefly explain what that is and how it is different than other integration architecture patterns like, you know, in the industry we have SOA or an enterprise service bus. That would be insightful. Right. So with an event stream architecture, event-driven architecture, the applications or devices that are connected to this event mesh are generating these events in real time as the users or, or systems are, are being accessed and used. And as they put these events onto this event mesh, they can uh, be federated out to all of the downstream systems. Where a enterprise service bus or service-oriented architecture comes into play is the the message that gets put on generally needs to be transformed. It needs to be uh, modified in some way so that the downstream systems can understand what that data is. With the event, that notification happens faster. Uh, a lot of times there is not going to be the level of change or mediation to that message. And what you can do is actually subscribe to, in the event mesh example, is subscribe to specific events uh, as they occur. And those event subscriptions would notify those systems that are actually subscribing to that event to those changes to data, to those changes of status in near real time. This is a wonderful capability, I must say. And just to build on top of that, uh, what are those scenarios, business scenarios, that would make an enterprise use an enterprise-driven architecture? Sure. So an event-driven architecture is can be leveraged in a variety of different uh, types of scenarios. A lot of times we see them in supply chains. So uh, supply chains for a, a lot of our customers at SAP are very complex and span the entire globe. And they have a variety of different participants. Some of those participants might be systems that your our customer owns, but a lot of those participants are going to be third-party logistics operators, shippers, uh, suppliers, and all of those different participants in the supply chain are transacting and doing business at their own speed with their own sets of data. And as the goods move in the supply chain, we need to be notified of what's happening to those goods 
So that if things, uh, you know, just simply we want to get a status. But sometimes if there happens to be uh, an exception where, let's say, some goods are delayed because there's a backup at, at a port or some goods are delayed because maybe there is just a car wreck uh, and uh, the lorry can't get through uh, on, on the motorway, right? So in those particular cases, what we would want to have is proactive real-time notification that there is a change or an exception or that something is happening. And the SAP event mesh allows that to happen. Correspondingly, if we were looking at maybe a service-oriented architecture, what you would tend to do in those types of scenarios is have to ask, where are my goods, right? What is the status of this order? What is the status of this shipment, right? And with the event mesh, we, instead of having to ask and query to get that information, we can receive that information in real time. So supply chain and order management is one of the very big use cases uh, of, of having this real-time access to the events that are happening in our supply chain. So listeners, you heard it right. The compelling reasons an enterprise should use the aspects of enterprise-driven architecture and in turn, SAP Event Mesh. So Greg, you have been in the SAP ecosystem for a fair long time and you would concur that SAP has a huge installation base of integration services. And as you also mentioned that the complex supply chain we cater to our customers. So how they can take advantage of uh, event-driven architecture and uh, do they need SAP integration suite to use SAP event mesh at first place? Yeah, that's a great question. So all of the SAP applications, whether they be S4 HANA or success factors or CX solutions are being modified to include aspects of an event-driven architecture. So if we look at, uh, let's say, SAP S4 HANA, for example, there is a built-in eventing framework that is already part of S4 HANA that allows for the creation of what are called notification events. So a notification event is a notification, as it says in the name, that something in the system changed, right? So this could be a change to a piece of master data, like a business partner changed or was created, or a status of an order, some, some tra transactional data, some order status changed. And what this notification event does is it, it basically says this particular object, let's say it's an order, order maybe one, two, three, four, had a status change. Here's the new status. And here is a URL to go get more information about that particular order. So this capability is part of SAP S4 HANA. We also have capabilities in, let's say, success factors for event notification as well. And all of the other SAP line of business applications are currently being modified and have backlog development items to bring in more event capabilities natively into those line of business applications. So as those applications have more capability to raise and trigger these events, these events can then go to SAP Event Mesh. Once they're on that event, SAP Event Mesh, they can either be 
used by a downstream system like SAP Integration Suite to transform that information and then uh, post that to another system. Or it could be used by an extension solution like SAP Kima to build some innovative extension application. So all of those different capabilities are first need the capability of the SAP line of business application to raise the events, but then also need SAP Event Mesh to listen for those events and process those events uh, to whether it be a, a downstream system like SAP Integration Suite, which is not actually required for the SAP Event Mesh to operate today, or something like SAP uh, Kima, right, the Kima project, or it could be a, a custom application that uh, is built. Uh, the SAP Event Mesh adheres to and is built on open standards, so it can be used by a variety of different applications. That's sweet. And I'm sure the listeners would agree with me that, you know, businesses today wants to be connected and integrated with other services as well. Uh, to that, Craig, my next question would be, I mean, you already mentioned about S4, but how does SAP Event Mesh work with other components of SAP Business Technology Platform? If you can give us that perspective, that would be great. Sure. So I already alluded to that SAP Event Mesh works with the SAP Integration Suite because the SAP Integration Suite can be one of those listeners to those events. So, for example, if a notification event was raised for a specific order, SAP Integration Suite can listen for that event, retrieve that event, and then actually call back into that SAP S4 HANA system to retrieve the necessary seven or eight fields that maybe need to be sent to a third-party logistics operator that needs to have information about that particular order. And I will also say that it doesn't have to be SAP S4 HANA. It can actually also be SAP ECC. So if you are still on ECC, you are still able to use capabilities of the SAP Event Mesh through a separate add-on that you would have access to uh, through licensing SAP Event Mesh. So SAP Integration Suite is going to be one of the, the systems or solutions that, that are part of BTP that can use SAP Event Mesh. I also talked about uh, the SAP Kima project, which also is able to listen to those events and can, again, process that instead of more of an integrated, an integration flow uh, manner, it actually can uh, use that information to, uh, you know, push notifications out to a mobile app if we wanted to do that or, uh, you know, have a, a web app that we could actually uh, access that information in real time or actually could post that information directly to some uh, storage mechanism like SAP Data Warehouse Cloud or SAP HANA Cloud. So there are a lot of the different components of SAP Business Technology Platform that are able to sense and respond to these events that are going to be captured by the SAP Event Mesh. Wonderful. Uh, thanks, Rick, for providing our listeners with that picture. I'm sure this will give them a holistic view of the channels possible to consume these services. So it's an open source world. And now for our decision makers, there are other offering in the market as well. So how does SAP Event Mesh compare to other eventing technologies like uh, Kafka, 
Azure Event Grid, RabbitMQ, and the likes of it. Can you explain a bit about that? Yeah. So the SAP Event Mesh is SAP's opinionated yet open source based eventing framework. So if you are going to sense and respond to events that are generated by SAP applications, SAP Event Mesh is going to be the primary way to capture, listen to and capture those events. But SAP Event Mesh then can federate those events to other platforms like uh, Azure Event Grid uh, or something maybe like a RabbitMQ if we needed to do that. The primary difference between SAP Event Mesh and Kafka would be that Kafka has the uh, capability to replay events. So Kafka not only captures the events, but it stores the events. And then if you need to replay the events as they happened at a later time, you're able to do that with uh, with Kafka. With SAP Event Mesh, the events are placed on a queue. And then once that queue is drained, those events no longer exist inside of the SAP Event Mesh. So that replay capability that is uh, so commonly associated with Kafka is not part of the SAP Event Mesh. But SAP Event Mesh does have the availability or the possibility of uh, not only capturing those events, but then also um, storing them and queuing them so that they can be accessed by the downstream application when the downstream application is up and ready to receive those events. This sounds very promising, and I'm sure that there's more to come. Uh, can SAP Event Mesh also work with IoT platforms and other smart devices? Yes, so the SAP Event Mesh and the SAP Advanced Event Mesh are, are two comparable capabilities, but they both are uh, built on those open source technologies. So in not only being able to respond to uh, events coming out of SAP applications, they also support open source standards like MQTT and AMQP, which are two very uh, common standards for IoT devices to raise events. And uh, those events can also be placed on the SAP Event Mesh and be subscribed to by any number of applications. So listeners, there you go. With SAP Event Mesh, you can make your business processes intelligent. In addition to that, make the most of your smart devices if the business process demands. Thanks, Greg, for this insight. Uh, this will definitely make our listeners more curious to try out the service. My last question, can you also direct our listeners to the learning resources they can already start using and get hands-on? For sure. The SAP Event Mesh is available via the SAP Discovery Center. So if you go to the SAP Discovery Center, you will see some learning journeys for the SAP Event Mesh to help jumpstart your knowledge on the SAP Event Mesh. Wonderful. And that's really awesome. Uh, so listeners, all these resources that are mentioned, uh, like SAP Discovery Center missions and the learning journeys, will be available to you. Please refer the show notes or give us a shout out on our social media channels. Plus, you can also drop us an email at platformtalks at sap.com. That was really a fruitful discussion, Craig, I must say. With that, on behalf of all our listeners, I would like to thank you that you 
took our time and gave us a wonderful talk. We really appreciate it, Craig. Thanks. Thank you. Moving on to our next section of the episode, we have a guest who will introduce us to a very interesting topic of SAP Private Link Service. So let's hear it from Sven Kolhas, Development Manager for SAP Private Link Service. Sven, welcome to our podcast. Hi, Gaurav. Hi, everyone. Thanks to be back here. Great. So, Sven, let's get straight to the first question that I have in my mind. And I'm sure our listeners are also very interested to know that what is SAP Private Link Service? And, you know, what business challenge does it solve for our customers? Yes, uh, perfect question. So SAP Private Link Service, we just released as general available on Azure. And it solves one of the key problems that especially the security departments poses to the development. And that is avoiding communication over the public internet. So if you develop extension or integration on SAP Business Technology Platform, and you want to connect that um, to your, for example, your S4 system running in your hyperscaler account, then SAP Private Link Service is now one option how you can do that via a private network connection. Great. Uh, thanks, Wen, for this introduction. And you know, this sets up the context really well for my next question that how did SAP Private Link Service evolve? You know, If you can talk about a brief history for that, it would be really great for our listeners. Yes, exactly. So I always also like those stories, um, how things come about. And looking at SAP Private Link Service, we are now already discussing, I would say, the topic since two or three years. Um, initially through discussions with um, Azure, with AWS, etc. So the um, yeah, cloud partners of SAP. Because we also see also in the rise with SAP context that a lot of our um, customers are moving their um, yeah, ERP systems and all their SAP systems uh, to the hyperscalers. And we are also running SAP Business Technology Platform on the hyperscalers. But if you at the moment run extensions and integrations with the model keep the core clean, then on BTP, even if it's the same hyperscaler in the same region, um, traffic between those um, might go over the public internet and especially you need public endpoints. And here this need for, yeah, just for additional security, having this guaranteed go over the backbone network of the hyperscaler just with private endpoints and having, yet yeah, avoiding public endpoints which are a possible attack vector um, that is what we are now achieving here with sap private link service where in essence we are leveraging the private link services of the hyperscaler underneath uh, and then we provide with our service the key integration into the yeah multi-tenant sap business technology platform uh, Sven, you talked about security and we all know how crucial security can be for businesses so SAP Private Link Services, as I understood, customers can access BTP services in Azure while being in a private network. So do you have any concrete business scenarios, you know, which our listeners might benefit from that SAP Private Link Service supports as of today? Yes, yes, um, I have. So your, yes, your understanding is correct. Um, Also to note there, that it's not like a peering connection, which is a relatively broad um, yeah, 
connection where you can um, access a lot of things um, between the two accounts. Um, Private Link is um, is very has a very tight security control, so it's um, only goes in one direction and only uh, connects, let's say, two services: one service on the left side and one service on the right side. We launched a beta about a year ago with very small scenarios. We added now that and more regions also over the course of the beta. And at the moment, we mainly support two scenarios. And that is that you run your X. So on the left side, you have Cloud Foundry runtime. So um, and that is the main part. On the SAP side, you have Cloud Foundry runtime. And then, then you connect and you have extensions running there. Um, and you connect that on the right side in your own Azure account, either to a load balancer, and behind that load balancer is a VM, and on that VM might be an S4 system running, or yeah, any other third-party or custom system um, that you build yourself. So that all is already supported because um, the private link connection is to the load balancer. And then we also support um, the scenario that you connect to certain native Azure services, um, like a MariaDB service. So if you have your runtime um, in BTP, uh, but then connect to such a, for example, MariaDB database um, on the right side in your own Azure account. Great. This is nice. So listeners, you heard it right, that if your scenario has integrations between Azure databases on one side and then SAP BTP services on the other side. Please explore SAP private link services. Perhaps to add one thing here. So that's also a common scenario of like for cloud connector. Uh, and that is something which we are looking also at having like cloud connector over private link. Um, so it, they play also a bit in different yeah, realms, you can say. Um, so private link is focused on layer four networking. So and Cloud Connector is a lot, deals a lot on layer seven and has layer seven capabilities, um, like for example, audit um, locking and um, certain um, RFC filtering capabilities, for example. This is not something that um, Private Link uh, provides. It's rather meant, meant as a pure, let's say, lower level networking service to establish that private network connection. Um, so um, yes, I would say customers should explore it and see what fits for them at the moment, and then also compare uh, to our roadmap um, if they have additional uh, yeah, services or scenarios they would like to see supported um, that uh, they get back to us. Wonderful. Uh, Sven, can you redirect our listeners to some resources, some learning materials that they can you know, explore with uh, SAP Private Link services? Yes, definitely. So I would say just go to your favorite search engine, search for SAP Private Link Service GA. Um, then the first item usually um, should be our blog post, which we just uh, published about two weeks ago um, about our GA. And from that blog post, um, you find what we are supporting uh, today. And then also a lot of important links to our documentation, to some tutorials, um, to our roadmap in the SAP Roadmap Explorer. Um, to our discovery center entry if you want to try it out uh, right away. Um, so from there, then you find all the necessary um, additional links. Wonderful. And my last question, what should our customers expect next? If you can talk about that, it will really help them to you know, make decisions. Yes, uh, totally understood. And uh, yes, that's important. So I would say we are still only supporting a subset of the scenarios that customers are requesting. 
um, for example, having um, that um, extension scenario, um, but without Cloud Connector. Then the next request is coming, um, having that extension scenario, but with Cloud Connector, uh, because they want those level seven um, capabilities that Cloud Connector offers. Um, and they might already have Cloud Connector in their environment, but just want to increase the security. Um, so that is something which we are um, working on. Um, but then also we are currently now GA on Azure. Uh, we are not yet on AWS, for example, or GCP. So support for additional infrastructures, that's also in our roadmap. Uh, in the Roadmap Explorer, it's already announced. So we are working um, on AWS Next um, and plan that uh, to offer a beta there, a public beta um, towards Q4. Um, so that is the one of our current uh, main points. Um, and then also in general support for additional scenarios and services, services supported on both sides. So on the SAP side, also um, on the um, yeah, hyperscaler side. Um, that's also there. A lot more is there in the works. And especially if customers come to us with scenarios, um, that's very helpful for us then to prioritize what we should work on next. This is awesome. So listeners, as Swen mentioned, if you have scenarios or extensions, integration capabilities that you would like to see, please reach out to us. This is awesome. Thanks, Sven, for you know taking out time and joining our podcast. It was really insightful discussion into the service for SAP Private Link Services. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Bye, everyone. Those were our experts who talked about how SAP, with SAP Business Technology Platform and its business services like SAP Event Mesh, enables enterprise applications to communicate through asynchronous events and extend the digital core followed by another expert who mentioned how business processes can establish a private connection between selected SAP BTP services and IAS providers, accounts such as Microsoft Azure with SAP Private Link Services on BTP. To read more and try out the features yourself, please refer our show notes. This brings me to the third and final segment of the podcast, where we explore some of the roadmap items of our BTP services that will help your business run better with intelligence and sustainability at heart. To start off with SAP Analytics Cloud, with the upcoming feature, business users can connect to SAP S4HANA Cloud as a live connection, plus create Excel reports on it. This will provide a unified experience for users of Microsoft Excel with SAP S4HANA Cloud. Secondly, with SAP Business Application Studio, the wizard will guide the developer in converting a single-tenant UI app to a multi-tenant UI app. Additionally, the multi-tenant app will be available for consumption within a single global account. This will definitely enhance the business user experience through improved application performance and developers can share the app across enterprise business units and geographical locations. And all these items that we discussed are planned for Q3 2022 release. Also, very important point you should know that all forward-looking statements are subject to various risks and uncertainties that could cause actual results to differ materially from expectations. You are advised not to place undue reliance on these forward-looking statements, which speak only as of their dates, and they should not be relied upon in making purchasing decisions. To know more 
about other roadmap items, please refer our show notes. That concludes our episode number 85 of SAP Integration and Extension Talk. I would really like to thank you for tuning in and staying till the very end. If you were listening to us for the first time and there were terms like optimized design experience, advanced event mesh, query snapshots, Azure event grid and so on that are not clear to you, please let us know on our social media channels or drop us an email at platformtalks at sap.com so that we can help you understand them. Plus, we are always ears to your feedback. So let us know what you liked, what you didn't, and most importantly, what you wish for in the next podcast. Sharing is caring. If you agree to that, please share the podcast with your tech friends and family. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Leave a rating and a review. You can listen to this podcast on various mediums like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, to name a few. With that, I was your host, God of Day, aka G, reporting and recording from Bangalore, India. Talk to you in the next episode. Until then, keep listening, keep learning, and keep growing. Cheers. Cheers.